1: what's up everybody welcome to another episode of game dev unchained the number one podcast episodes of game development and the lifestyle thereof how are you guys doing i am your host brandon fam and with me a special guest a returning guest uh Lindel kempis how are you doing Lindell?
0: pretty good man pretty good thanks for asking how about yourself
1: i'm doing the same thing i've been doing since last time but it ain't I about am? me. Uh, just for for a quick intro, uh, this is part of the podcast where I ask you, our guests, a little bit about yourself, uh, your past, present, and future, and where you're heading.
0: Sounds good. Okay. Uh, currently, I am a producer, 3D artist for an architectural firm in San Francisco, but I recently started to pick up contract work for game dev and. Um, Prior to that, I was working on furniture, you know, <laughs> but in 3D, but, uh, for the future, I'd like to continue to kind of work my way into the game dev pipeline and make my own pipeline basically to make assets and, you know, start finishing games and actually ship them. Yeah, you know, of course. You know. So we, we kind of
1: had like a, uh, unique relationship, I guess. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> paternal, (laughs) not paternal. What what do you say? (laughs) Platonic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Because I was your teacher at art Institute for a while. And then you, you know, had a great career since then. And uh, what I always see too is what you're constantly working on personal projects, which I think is one of the best ways to move up, have Mm -hmm. some growth and just generally have great opportunities kind of pop up, right? So, which kind of leads us to to what today is. Uh, so, this is not like a regular Game Dev Unchained episode. Is an art boost, which is when I invite professionals such as yourself onto the show and it's a little bit more visual than usual we still talk obviously a lot of people still just listen but there's a visual component to it where we kind of walk through your personal projects uh, and talk about the technical breakdown of how you went about it and what you accomplished and the things you've learned so uh, without further ado why don't we just start off with kind of showing what your your final piece looks like and we'll proceed from then.
0: I think um, I'll probably open up the page on my portfolio, maybe. Might be the best way since it's already there. And then I'll open up the scene. All right. Share my screen. One second. Screen two. Okay. Can you see what I'm looking at? Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is a piece I kind of wanted to make. You know, um, to Just to start this off last year, you know, the pandemic happened, a lockdown happened. I needed something to kind of stay productive and just keep myself like engaged in my work. The thing is, in my day job, I use 3ds Max, so there's no real like use for Blender. Although I I solve a lot of like modeling issues for Blender. If, um, If I run into some kind of modeling stuff in 3ds Max, I literally open up Blender and solve it there, export and bring it back in. But that's like very minimal work, you know, uh, usage. I mean, so I started up this car to see um, it was just to make the car. I ended up making the scene because it got kind of hyped through the process, you know, as I learned more about Blender. So the initial uh, project was just to make a render like this, a um, base to design off of Dragon Ball Snake Way. If you guys remember that show mm-hmm. and that scene. So, and here's the uh, video I kind of composed through with Blender, I mean, yeah, put it together from Blender. So this is, you know, little razzle dazzle. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: What was your inspiration? Like uh so you said Dragon Ball Z was your inspiration. The car vehicle was something that you were been working on forever. I mean, together the composition's awesome, man. I love the the juxtaposition. Thanks, the yeah. con- the contrast is awesome. I loved it. And your your style is very Dragon Ball Z, even with the car. <laughs> um, yeah, was that yeah. on purpose? At the beginning, I, I know you kind of melded it all together eventually.
0: Um uh, initially, I wanted to make a cyberpunk car in the style of like, you know, my style, which is kind of like chibi, Dragon Ball esque. Um, just because like I grew up with Akira Toriyama's work and I just love his style, and I thought I'd make my own car, like based loosely in his, you know, aesthetics. And that's why here at, with, with the release of uh, what was it, Cyberpunk? I was, I was deciding, it's like, oh, I'm gonna make a cyberpunk car to see if, you know, I can catch a release and it'd be pretty cool. But um, like I said, the the project evolved the moment I finished it up to this point. I realized I wanted to do a whole scene because rendering it like this wasn't really giving it justice in my opinion. So yeah. Um, yeah, this was for Cyberpunk, but the idea was just to keep it kind of simple. So no ba- no baking of maps. There's no other outside process except making this all in Blender and just these are all procedural materials in Blender right now. So yeah.
1: In terms of processes, right? Like one of the biggest things with game developed professionals or professionals in our field, they the uh it's a real accomplishment uh when when a project is finished uh as a side thing, right? Yes. So yeah, what yeah, was yeah. your your planning with that? Did you have like a firm deadline for yourself that you wanted to hit, uh, how much time did you initially plan to dedicate to it, to, to hit that deadline and what, what did it end up being, uh, hmm. on average, uh, just kind of give people a peek of what a realistic, uh, timeline looks mm-hmm. like for someone who's doing a full-time job.
0: Right on, right on. Yeah. So managing, like having a day job and, you know, having a, Friendships, real relationships, and stuff like that—just juggling all that together. Uh, I did. I gave myself like a pretty realistic timeline. Which, which was basically, you know, let's see what happens in a year. I didn't want to rush the process. I wanted to call it done when it looked close enough to finish. And luckily, I actually um, I documented the process like through my building it from back in. Oh wow. I guess June thirtieth I started this, and this is how it was, so I got a reference from you know online to see to get myself started, and I just started kind of picking at it at this at this point of the of time I didn't really have a I didn't have a deadline just yet. I was just like, "Let's just start a project and then you know, I kind of roughly drew out what I want to make, which was basically yeah, the cyberpunk car cyber. esque and then yeah, so day day one, block in, day two, I started to kind of put it together. First the first thing I kind of um uh one second. <laughs> first thing I kinda wanted to make sure was um getting across was basically the silhouette of this car. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, three days in. Did you have a concept
1: like you mentioned? Uh, so um, you, you based
0: it off of a real car and, and just yeah, pushed
1: and pull afterwards.
0: Exactly. Uh, I kind of messed around with it in real time, basically. So I, as soon as I, you know, like m- most of these things are kind of made up as I go. Like if you've seen a bumper kind of changes a lot. I started looking up other cars as well from that era in the 80s and 70s and just kind of picked and pulled what I like. So you can see me kind of changing the body kit there changing the skirt i tried like an open face sandwich <laughs> mm-hmm. look in the front but you know just the. i guess you could call this part of like the dev look right that's like the term for it mm-hmm. look development and just kind of continued i thought i liked this and then i ended up changing it so here's the thing too is like as soon as i hit a wall instead of a kind of burning myself out and trying to figure it out. Uh, I like where this was going, but I felt like, uh, you know, I didn't know which direction I should be going with this one. So I moved on to another process of the car, which was the inside. So you'll see me kind of like start focusing on here while I, while my brain kind of processes this part mm. and just, you know, taking a break basically. So I started moving on to the interior, slowly picking it away. This is, day eight, but as you can tell, like I'm I'm spending like whole months in between, like there's days or weeks in between where I'm not working on it at all, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can see from here in the top left, you see like, uh, July 20th, July 23, you know, I'm not always consistent every day, but point is like, I'm working on it, you know?
1: Right. So how, how in those situations, when you come back to it, like what motivates you? Like, all right, I gotta get back to this thing. Are you just... Finally, like I have two hours, I guess I can go back to this project. But what's the thinking process?
0: Um. Well, basically, like uh, I trade a lot of my time for for my hobbies, right? Like for this project, I trade a little bit of time on my gaming. Basically, they they share the exact same time space in my day. It's after work. It's either play video games, watch TV, or make art. It's all in one time zone, basically. Like I have to pick and choose which one I want to spend on. And there's just days where I get bored with my TV shows or mm. my movies and I run out of stuff to do. So <laughs> the last I turned thing. it on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I turned this on. There's times where I'm just like not motivated, but the idea yeah. is like, for me has always been to add, you know, to to drop like an hour or two a day, whenever mm. I can, even if it feels like you're just, you know, pushing and pulling stuff around. Yeah. But at least, you know, to get something done, so I think, yeah, yeah there's but, times where I barely do anything. Like, uh, let's see, like I might just end up doing this kind of a side mirror on the side for yeah. that one day, but it's good enough progress, you know. But yeah, so let's see, day 13, start working on the door mm-hmm. again. Like, I don't really have the conce- a concept of what the colors might be here yet but i just wanted to make sure the shape was good mm-hmm. so yeah so i think right here as soon as i started to clean it up and get like a high poly i started to add like mock-up colors to see if there's any errors and that's kind of generally i try to get to the material part as early as i can in the project because like it helps yeah. solidify the form so i keep trying it so this is but yeah look look at the time difference in the top left right if you look at the last time (laughs) july 30th day 13 day 14 was all the way in december i really love how
1: you kind of diary your your screenshot i've uh it's something i should be doing (laughs) it's really helpful to kind of see the, the the gaps and right now for listeners uh Lindell's kind of showing us how he saves his JPEG in terms of yeah. uh dates. And timestamp uh, it, yeah. Yeah, timestamp it. That's very clever.
0: <laughs> I, I kinda I kinda well I kinda thought of that idea because of you know how we, we've we been doing this kind of uh, interviews and I thought about how mm-hmm. maybe one day I'd like to make a tutorial, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, of course, yeah.
0: Try to get the pipeline as clean as possible and so think this was like the best way to take notes as i go and keep track of what i finished in between that time
1: well keeping track and um being able to see progress are like one of the are are two of the biggest things to kind of um help with (laughs) motivation like getting started is always like the hardest but like as soon as you start moving things around five minutes and I've always find myself enjoying it again. Yeah. It's like, why, why do you <laughs> take so long just to do this, to do it? Um,
0: I, I think this, this whole screenshot thing has helped me kind of like, uh, get myself on board quicker because I've just kind of flipped through it and I'm like, okay, where is the trajectory so far, you know? And it's kind of by accident. So seven day 17, although I kind of messed up on the days here and then, 18 more fleshing out. Yeah. 19 days in. Yeah. Like there, there's huge gaps in between the timelines, but Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. this is all between like other artwork and other, you know, between work and stuff.
1: So on average, what what do you feel are, are like the gaps, like two weeks, a month, on average, when you get on back, average to working um, on it to taking a break.
0: Well, since I consider this one of like what I call like uh, one of my masterwork, so mm-hmm. I I kind of leave it in a back burner, and I take you know everything, everything else gets kind of pushed up front because you know my day job and right. contracts and stuff. But it, that's why it kind of depends on that. So you saw me jump in from July all the way till. December to shoot or yeah, <laughs> that was a huge gap in that's between. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't know. The, the more I kind of flesh it out, the more I kind of want to log more hours in. You yeah. can tell on the top, like started getting more consistent, you're wanting to get more seeing. time in. Yeah. Yeah, And that's what really what it is. So I think at this point, Oh, I've heard the materials too. I just kind of picked like primitive, um, you know, uh, procedural textures available to blender. I'll kind of show you how I do that basically. Mm -hmm. But from here, day 24, I decided, you know what? (laughs) I think I can make a scene, just keep making the, you know, the project bigger and bigger. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is the, you know, the progress so far. So that was stage one, which is modeling phase stage two. I decided to, you know, put the thing in scene and like i said the first thing i do is just start to color it and start to light the scene as basic as possible and get the point across real quick Mm -hmm. i don't want to waste too much time really you know so yeah and and slowly after that i just start to build up on the idea it's like do i want scales change the scales textures again keeping like screenshots of all the progress and The lighting, because like, if you don't, I feel like you lose perspective and and in a way, I feel like I lose the momentum if I don't know what happened last or something, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot to figure out. And Yeah, I tried different clouds. You could see me kind of testing it out. The more realistic one, I instantly didn't really like it. So I went back to the Orby kind of Dragon Ball one. And this one, like as the days pass, the more hours I'm starting to put in. So instead of a, in the beginning when I was just modeling, it's like an hour, or two a day or three yeah. and sometimes rarely, you know, six hours if I just have a free day. But once I start getting into the, the lighting part here where it starts to get exciting, the, the hour starts to pile up. Like I started to yeah. drop in like five to six hours if I can, just cause I'm like excited. Yeah. And then, you know. Let's keep playing with the the way it looks change the ground texture here
1: yeah for listeners he's showing layers and layers uh, of, of uh, more detailed work <laughs> <laughs> right now yeah. he has like a like a dragon road. And for those yeah. who are listening, do do yourself a service and, and, and watch the video. It's it's really cool, man. How your your thinking process and I can totally see it. That's why I think a lot of artists like as soon as you can get some materials and lighting in there, the better. Mm-hmm. Like, feel the composition getting together, the colors kind of working together. It's constantly trying to motivate yourself to to cross the finish exactly.
0: line so you start to you know exactly so just keep like you know keep track of all the progress and look at it a lot let's see if i can play this if this doesn't play i might just open yeah so i first started to render this maybe i actually i'll start to open the the blender file wow. here so this is the first scene that i kind of put together you know Um based on kind of what I learned from college using Maya and learning how to do animation, basically Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing in blender. Really there's like, you know, dope sheets and then there's a whole bunch of other, let's see timelines. You can mess with pretty much anything, but that's technical You know, I'll let you guys kind of research that if you're interested, but yeah. So the first thing, um, I started to after I put the scene together, I decided, oh I wanna animate it, so you know traditionally, what I learned was to animate on a spline, so that's the first thing I kind of established is where that's gonna be, and basically, I parented my car to the spline there, and then I also kind of low key rigged it it's a little bit of... Researcher in a way. If I turn this way, the other wheel turns as well. You'll see. And for this, there's a little bit of a constraint. I have the constraint so that or I have the wheel so that it spins with the ground, basically, if that makes sense. Like it's relative to Mm -hmm. the location. So you see it kind of spinning actually follows the path of the of the road as it goes down the line you can't really see it in the animation because it kind of goes really fast but mm-hmm. like you see you see the detail on the back of your you know what i mean the back of your mind basically mm-hmm. yeah and so so there's stuff uh as i kind of put this together i started to add the lights in front of the car you can see there uh, it's kind of naturally where it's at, but that's on purpose. Like, if you look at it, the block, the light's shining down. But if you look at my scene, it's... um, It's two emissive kind of lights, like, almost touching to give mm-hmm. it an illusion that it's, you know, beaming out. But, yeah. So the first thing, without... uh. Actually, before I even started to do all of these other crazy stuff in the scene, I started to animate this before uh putting too much um you know I just started to to build up on it so i I made sure the car animates first well, like it reads well first, and then I started to to add like the camera spin and the other birds and if you look at the bird on the left there, I have it so the bird looks at the car as it passes. But yeah, as right. you can tell though, like once you get to this point where there's a lot of stuff in the scene, you know, the frames per second, it makes it really hard to edit your animation. But yeah, that's something like you know, that's for the individual artists to really kind of learn by themselves, really. Mm-hmm. Technique. Anyway, so another cool thing, let's talk about Blender. So just fucking, I just love Blender now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It has this uh you can preview your you know your scene at any time, always, and it has a very strong rendering, or it just looks really good, in my opinion.
1: This is the EV thing.
0: No, this is not EV. This one's cycles. Cycles. I could sh- yeah, I could show you a bit about like EV. Eevee. Yeah. Eeve is like the real-time render. Mm-hmm. Um so when I do contract work, like what I've done recently, that's how I would test it, is to use EV. In the uh, blender, and or I could just use Marmoset, but you know, I could just switch the render render engines right here. But Cycles right. is more for beauty stuff like this and right. whatnot. So yeah. So after after I did this scene, I decided it wasn't really long enough. It was like five seconds or something. Um, and then I decided to, uh, oh, I shouldn't have clicked that. So this is the PBR shade mode right here, but this scene isn't really built for PBR. I didn't build it that way. So it's going to look kind of funky when it loads. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I'm going to open the second scene, basically. I saved like a separate file for the second scene just so I don't mess this one up, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, what has been the most exciting thing? I know you've been using Blender and early adopter Blender for a while. What was the most exciting thing the past year that was added that you you thought was a huge, um, huge progress?
0: Oh man, there's, I think like every day that I use this, I kind of learn that there's a lot of very useful (laughs) aspects about Blender. Um, You could basically make, uh, what was it, like a node-based object uh, disbursement tool. It's kind of like, man, it's hard to to describe. But there's a lot of features I haven't really even touched on. But my favorite so far has been this kind of go B function. From mm. Blender to ZBrush, which is right here in the top right, you'll see like an export button. I see. And it's instantaneous to ZBrush. So it doesn't really, you know, if you rely on ZBrush and you got that. Yeah. And a pipeline up here in the top left, you can export to Unreal when you're using PBR stuff, which is what I've been kind of using
2: nice.
0: recently. And everything is instantaneous. Like it's suddenly in the program you need it in. You can do your tests really quick. Um, Yeah, almost every week they add new tools for you to use. And I guess that's my favorite part about it is how it's, since it's open source, you're always kind of getting more tools, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: And the rendering engine, they keep updating that. So it just looks better and better every single time I open it. But one of the first things is to really, or one of the first hurdles I think when people open a Blender is to get the controls right. Yeah, and I feel like when people get past that, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's it's just as powerful as any other engine, really. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, for me, it's 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 all the little features and the extra scripts, and you know, they're really easy to add. Um, they always add it here, or sometimes they will add it automatically. So you open up this this bit right here, and it shows you like all the available add-ons that are or, you know, supported by Blender. You can also add custom ones too, but this is another neat thing. If you need palettes or brush sets, whatever, go be, this one's for ZBrush. You just kind of click it on and then suddenly it's on. Yeah. Anyways, let's see. Yeah, pretty much. So I did this scene. This is the second scene. Kind of just like did a, uh, thought it'd be kind of cool to see it kind of enter the environment. So I had the car kind of coming down from the back snake road and it this way and then put it together with the first, uh, scene. So, yeah. pretty straightforward
1: mm -hmm. there's always been like two types of artists I'm kind of in the latter where one is very open and constantly asking for uh, critiques from uh, like a trusted group of peers and the other is like uh, it's not done till it's done you don't see it till it's done which is kind of like me. Uh, did you uh, ask for eyes during this whole process? Did you just? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Definitely. Um, the thing about me is like my art kind of, uh, you know, career, I guess, has always been kind of public. You know, I mm-hmm. always post what I've made. And in that way, it, it gets me used to, you know, other people looking at my stuff and it gauges, you know, the quality. If people kind of don't like it or whatever they real generally won't say anything yeah. but i ask all my other friends too in the, in the industry and ask i was like hey how does this look uh guess like like the shape and whatnot and yeah so i take some feedback uh honestly there's a lot of stuff i couldn't have figured out without really asking a lot of my friends who already know how to use blender you know and other aspects like the rigging part, I couldn't have figured that out by myself, honestly. Mm-hmm. Or at least it would have took me a lot longer if I didn't just didn't ask. But luckily, someone in my network knew. It's like, oh, you can you know rend- or you can rig it this way. So mm-hmm. take their suggestions and just kind of put it all together. That's the advantage, I guess. the The disadvantage is if like if you take criticism or any of that kind of harshly. <laughs> you know you might be stopped in your tracks or just kind of discouraged because you got so much more work to do but honestly it's your vision you know um, I feel like everybody like a lot of people had their kind of take of what you're seeing supposed to look like a lot of it I heard but um, you know only you as the artist would know what would fit in there so you kind of make that judge, judgment call in the end anyway but yeah definitely take some feedback my opinion, I think it helps yeah.
1: I always yeah. find it um interesting when talking to artists uh when they're working on a personal project I mean unless they're like this, like some artists just do it because I don't know they don't do anything else, but like other artists, they kind of pick it up like at certain points of their career or certain points of their their life, right where it's like an in response of something. Um I think we mentioned it before and it sounds like you're starting to get back into the gaming side of development. Like yeah, is yeah. that the is that the motivator to to kind of start this project to kind of like get your wheels turning again and greased up?
0: Yeah, definitely. I um had some time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my 3D. This, this skills. Is during
1: the pandemic, right? In the in the middle yeah. of it. Okay.
0: In the middle of it, I had to kind of figure out and make a pivot, you know. It's like it's cool where I'm at, but I have to think about where I can apply my future skills, you know, where I want to take my career to. And, you know, I, I listed out the things that I needed to learn for myself, which was basically Unreal and to polish a pipeline that suits, you know, game development, basically. And yeah, I've been doing a lot of research lately. Kind of get back into it. And mm. Blender has been really... Yeah, since it's free, you know, and it's... Always, no, it's it's a good bet. You know, yeah.
1: yeah, everyone's kind of yeah. learning it.
0: I think people are starting to kind of come around and really use it. And the more videos to start to see about how easy it is to implement into your um, your workflow you know, the more motivated I'm starting to get. So yeah, there was that. Uh, I kind of thought, you know, I think it's, I kind of gave myself like an assessment. It's like I said, like it's whatever I'm doing right now. It's pretty cool for a job, but in the future, I'd like to start to take on things that are of my interest purely. Like, you know, it's like, sometimes all I want to do is make game art for months and not have to worry about a day job one day. And that would be, of the dream so you know i'm starting to just ramp up to that start to pick up contracts Mm -hmm. and um speaking of that i think there's like an important aspect of blender that i think i want to kind of highlight uh i'm not going to share who the who this game is for but at least i'll show you like the process of you know how this can be an advantage for pretty much anybody Mm -hmm. So for me, if you don't have a oops, if you don't have Marmoset or whatever, yeah, because I know that kind of costs some some money. But here in Blender, you could also kind of you can check out your your PBR materials and definitely integrate into a Unreal workflow, basically. So or PBR workflow. So I'll show you how easy it is. You know. Turn on, uh, I'll go to the preference, show you one of the tricks that I found out. Uh, Node Wrangler. This basically takes all your maps and, you know, this is called a node-based editor, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it, it pretty much like puts your maps in the right plugins automatically for you. So I'll show you how easy that might be. So right here, all I'm doing is Control-Shift-T. I'm going to pick all the maps I'm going to use. Then it applies automatically. And then from here, you know, since my project right now is in Unreal from here, all I have to do is click the pipeline here and export to Unreal. And then from there, I can turn in my work, basically. But this is a PBR asset. Right here, so you could always test it. You change the environment. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Anyways, yeah, that's been, this is my most current workflow basically, Blender to ZBrush, a texture and substance. And I'm starting to use Unreal, so I'm pretty, pretty happy about that.
1: It's in terms of your personal assessment and things that you need to catch up on like what did you put put in on uh where you want to end up in five years are you looking to make your own game what's the the grand goal here for, for uh, the grand
0: goal definitely is to be uh autonomous right make my mm-hmm. own be my own boss and stuff like that um for now, I wanna I want to launch some games with folks. I think I'm at the point where I want to join ship, some, ship some ship some games and actually get that experience under my belt. And you know, um, yeah, do that and then see. Honestly, um, I I think eventually I probably end up wanting to make my own games. Mm. You know, for now I'm kind of just feeling it out. trying not to force it. Yeah, I want to yeah, obsess over uh, uh, a game company really. Um,
1: well, being in the Bay I, helps, I think. You're yeah. still in the Bay Area, right? Isn't yeah, I'm good... still here. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming last year, too, like most, you were at home doing the remote thing. Is that going to be a part of your big decisions, too, since a lot of people are starting to go back in the office now?
0: Definitely. I'm trying to stay away from the office (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so that's why i kind of want to jump into these things and kind of make that path for myself if i if i feel like i need to you know pivot yeah i feel like i can't do the the office thing uh it's been it's been since last year march that i've been in office but i really like working from home (laughs) over this last year yeah
1: I'm trying to take like a survey every time I talk to guests, like is, is there a word yet of when you guys need to be back in the office or is it still open-ended?
0: Uh, for for me, that one's, it's kind of, it's open ended. I think, um, they talked about maybe one day they'll they'll do like half and half, I guess. Like, uh, not that many people in the office at once, maybe three days a week or, uh, That's 50% good. capacity half the week. And then the other 50% comes
1: that's in. better than most companies, man. Most companies kind of reversed on that. <laughs>
0: they mean, like, just full on office now.
1: Well, I mean, there was talks about it early in the year. A lot of the, uh, people that I talked to had that initial hybrid talk. He's like, hey, maybe this is a thing. But as soon as, you know, the vaccines came out, completely reversed saying that, oh, no, no, we're going to want you back in the office. (laughs) No more half-half. But, you know, that's very game development studios. So, you're outside of that bubble. So, it sounds good that like (laughs) there's people, there's companies still kind of holding on to that, which... Makes sense, right? It's worked for yeah. a year. It doesn't. There's no reason why it wouldn't work for for more years to come.
0: Right, exactly. So for now, you know, I'm not too stressed. Like I, I like my day job, so yeah. keep it till I uh, pay off my student loans. Basically, that's still a reality, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. No matter how successful you get, you still have to pay that off. <laughs> uh,
1: it's
0: true. Yeah. yeah, and you know. Taking your advice, basically, just pay it off as early as possible, and
1: it is a relief. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. I've been kind of thinking about that. Like, I really just don't want to pay for that. You know, I like stretch it out till I'm paying for it while I'm old, and hopefully, forgive it. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that'll ever happen. So just you know, that's also part of why I started picking up contracts too. Is like I wanted to accelerate paying that off at the same time. Uh, learning new skills and expanding my my skills and you know be more relevant to the current pipeline today that's mm-hmm. always been kind of a thing
1: yeah I mean yeah. development for different industries is always different i've heard right. so many times about I always look at engineers because they um they seem to always have that choice of staying at a tech company with like all those um luxuries and still choose to go back to games for some reason. And it's always been the, their love for it. Now there's something about game development that's very unique and and fun uh, and challenging that you really can't find anywhere else, uh, which is still very true. Right. So
0: I think so. Yeah. I think like, I think mainly for me, once I get rid of the student loans, like, The rest like I mentioned, like wanting to ship games, that's just me saying like, you know, maybe one day I won't have to worry about that crazy amount of debt. So I'll just pick up any project that I'm really interested in and help ship it, you know, despite of the, the, the amount of cash you're going to get paid really Uh, just do it for fun after a while, you know? Yeah. I mean like the,
1: when it comes to bills, the less yeah. you have, the better. I mean, the, as soon as you pay off your bills, the, the, the sooner you can build up your wealth and have autonomy. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, we're at that age, right? It was, I yeah. think, around late 20s, early 30s when it's like, I can't keep doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, we're becoming that old. It's a weird thing, right? You go into a place, it's like, oh, man, I'm becoming the old guy in the office you, know. and you see these young bucks coming in and then it was a i would say that's the age of a midlife crisis for a game developer i don't know if anyone ever coined that for for game developer but it was around 25 30 ish early 30 where i like had to make like a i knew i had to make a change <laughs> Yeah. Because that's when, you know, your significant other, your my wife in that case is like, oh, let's have more kids and stuff. It's like, well, like, looking yeah. around is like, <laughs> you know, you hit a certain point in your career. It's like, I can't really make that much more. You know, yeah. I can... Pay, beg for that 10%, right? But like, I have to really show it within that year of why I I deserve that one ten. percent It's ridiculous, right? So, it wasn't until after I moved away, I was like, man, if you want to make 10% more money, do something outside of work, <laughs> you'll earn that way quicker yeah. uh, and you build up that, that ability to kind of continue that with no cap. Uh, right, right, right. So I'm I'm glad you're going down this journey. It's like, yeah, man, you can make all that money that you've always wanted without having to like play in that political uh right. the the, the politics drama. is yeah, the office drama is when it really built up around this time when you're like senior. Yeah. You know, <laughs> going for lead. I know you're like kind of a manager at this point, but like that that it's a weird now you want to go a little higher, right? You're anybody anytime there's like a single Role that's everybody wanting it. <laughs> there's gonna be some drama involved, Definitely. and uh, <laughs> there's only so many times that you can leave a studio and keep coming back for for exactly. for, for promotions, right? So
0: I kind of yeah, I'm trying to like mitigate that kind of issue because I know there'll be a ceiling one day, and I'm gonna want more cash, and I want to buy a a Likewise, home or something. Yeah, yeah so is part of that journey you know picking up contracts and getting good at these things to be honest i might end up one day making tutorials for blender a side income or something one day
1: start now man you're starting right now
0: i, I think I, <laughs> I think after his contract i'll start to like you know i'll start to
1: record and see Yeah, how you documented yeah you document it really well you know yeah. um you have a great project, uh, just showing how how to do it. Blender is super popular. Everyone's trying to learn it. I think you have a lot of knowledge there. You know, yeah. we can talk offline <laughs> of, right. about how to make your first thing going. But, like, I, I think it's great, man. I think um, you remind me a lot about what it was like early 30-ish. I mean, yeah. it was around that stage where I was like, need to make a change uh, <laughs> and it was around i i paid off my loans uh i think around 30 i made it a goal to hit 30 with no loans Amazing. Uh, not just mine but my wife's loan <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. school loan. I, I double whammy it i was like no and it was a relief right um just to get it off your back. I kind of, it was funny. It was like within that year or two, I paid off pretty much all the loans, like the school loans yeah. as well as my car just completely paid off. Those Still were like contracts
0: heavy. or uh, you do it actually.
1: Well, I was teaching a lot, right? So yeah. when I was teaching at our Institute, I think when I started teaching. Psh, Shortly after 26, 27, right? I think early 30s is when I started teaching, probably 28 to 30s, when I started teaching seriously. Mm. And it was basically, yeah, just after hours, three days a week (laughs) for five years, sometimes Saturdays, sometimes Saturdays for four hours, right? Just going to the campus and teaching. And it was me kind of just getting used to doing things outside of work and sec- kind of sacrificing that time building it up to something. And didn't really have a grand plan of like, oh, I can teach full time. I did have like a ideas that I can build this secondary career into because teaching as an older fellow is a very realistic goal. It's like, hey, you know, if you ever want to retire, you can teach. But the thing with us is in technology, it's like you're only relevant unless you have one foot in the industry, right? Otherwise, you're that old guy teaching 20-year-old. 20 <laughs> year olds 20-year-old knowledge, right? It's not really great and relevant. Every year, there's something new in game dev. So, thankfully, yeah, I was in that, you know, I was working at Sledge. I was still in AAA while teaching, so that helped. But then that slowly developed into creating games going online. It's like you know, I'm pretty much coming up with all these materials myself. I'm showing it myself. <laughs> at one point, I was teaching over at um, uh, what was that college in Emeryville? Um, Digital Expression College, right? The Expression College, right across the bridge, all right. Like uh, they had a new campus in San Jose or something or, or around there and I uh, I was new but I was teaching at an odd hour too and they were very accommodating. So, I was mm. coming there at like 7 p.m. and it was a two-hour, three-hour class. I was like, you know, I, I can teach then I, if you guys can can do that. It's like, yeah, obviously. Uh and they would basically give me the code to open up the building, and we were the only ones there. And that was my first day. I was like, "Wow, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm letting myself in. I'm turning all the lights <laughs> on, I'm turning it all off, and it's like a legitimate school." I right? was <laughs> like, "I've never met the principal or anybody else." And then I did four or five years of that, and I was like, "You know what? I can probably do this on my own." <laughs> yeah, <I see laughs> the consistency is nice, but it was like one of those things. Like if you don't. It's like opening the door to something to kind of have open opportunities open up. So, even if you don't have your five-year plan completely right. uh, planned out, it's like leaving a little breadcrumb to kind of see where, or, or seeds actually, planting little seeds mm-hmm. to see where it goes and kind of going along with the ride. But all of it really just boils down to to me then was commitment. Like I was putting in the work. I was doing three hours, sometimes three classes a week for five years straight you know that means a lot of like vacation time sacrifice you know kids you know spending time with the kids and family you know sacrifice but I knew that I had to have something on the side because I know this working in the studio thing was not gonna be my thing Uh, it didn't seem yeah it didn't seem attracted to me in my 40s (laughs) (laughs) like it didn't seem like a fun thing and I saw that I just didn't know exactly what to do and then the the teaching thing became the school thing and the school thing became you know the podcast thing the podcast thing kind of came at the same time and then eventually creating my own studio and and servicing and now I'm still working with AAA Studios but you know as a partner which is a whole different dynamic Mm -hmm. but like all that stemmed from teaching Um, it's awesome. Which open up opportunities. And so I'm I'm so happy that you're kind of going down this path because I know even though you don't know what, what you're going to do, it, it eventually does kind of help you towards that grand yeah. goal. And um, and I can't see it, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's part of the fun, man. Super relevant, oh, yeah. and it's not about like the content. It's like, are you cool with dedicating extra time doing something else besides having fun and going to work? Right, and right, right. that's the difference maker. And um, what I saw the last year, a lot of people struggled working at home uh, for that reason. They they had, they had uh, a separation between work and and home, right? And so when they were forced to kind of Work at home, uh, they didn't know what to do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just couldn't schedule it. They they had kids running around. Um, so you know, uh, I, you know, upcoming roundtable, we're going to discuss it, but like the GDC survey, there was a huge delay of pretty much all the games, uh, um, for every company because it was a huge mess yeah. trying to, uh, you know, uh, Manage all the people remotely, uh, and people <laughs> managing themselves remotely. Yeah, but the the people that succeeded, the people like yourself and <laughs> concept artists, basically <laughs> uh, loved it because they have that experience of working extra hours, yeah. and Knowing how they work at home and how to function and how to separate and focus. Um, it's a it's an it's important a, skill. It's, it's an important skill, and uh, maybe you can be bu- built up, but I kind of feel like people don't have the time to practice it. So I think a lot of people can't do it. Uh, I so. really, yeah, it's disappointing to, to kind of see because I always believed that work, everybody should be working from home and everybody can work from home and their life uh, naturally improves. But uh, right. that last year kind of opened my eyes like, Oh wow. Okay. This is only like very unique. Know, people really. can, Yeah. Only unique people can do it and, and get yeah. things done. Yeah.
0: Man, I think uh for me, um one of the first things too is like starting this whole work from home and uh during the pandemic thing is that like it was very offset for sure. Like I spent more time working and some days like you know, uh I didn't know when to stop. I kinda had the opposite like mm-hmm. problem where, you know, I just don't want to do I just don't want to make a bad work, bro. Right, i just like I have a lot of pride in my projects and stuff. And it got to a point where I started to schedule my free time. I had to yeah. s- schedule like um my break times basically, that way I don't yep. burn myself out. Yeah. And definitely just trying to stay healthy mentally by you know staying off as much unneeded noise as possible. And I'm talking about like social media and just being on um, yeah. mindlessly scrolling through Instagram or something. And you know it doesn't seem like a lot. You know, I just want to point that out because it doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, people can scroll through there all day and oh yeah, definitely lose so much time. I find
1: myself back in those webs sometimes. It's like, what am I doing? Like, what did I learn today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the the unproductiveness is fine once in a while because you know your brain kind of needs that dumb moment (laughs) to just be dumb, right? But then yeah, yeah, too much of that, like you said, social media uh, you kind of kind of, at least for me, I kind of um, a week goes by or two weeks goes by, you feel pretty empty it's like, wow, I'm not improving at all at anything Uh, and people keep questioning what's the meaning of life and I I really do think (laughs) it's just growth, like are you growing in any way? Are you getting better? Are you getting funnier? Right. Or are you getting just better uh, in any aspects of your life? So
0: yeah, the social media stuff is a trap. Yeah. Uh, I think personally just causes people to overthink and, and you know, overthink because like in a way when you open it up and you start to see like your peers doing well or just doing well in general, you start to, I mean, not everybody does it, but in a weird way, you probably do kind of compare. Like, what have I done by myself? Right. And so, I kind of—I think it starts a whole snowball effect. It just you kind of questioning why you're here, what you're doing with stuff, and and in generality, like nothing really makes sense. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like thinking about that too much is going to drive you nuts. And like I said, like it, it starts again. In the way of things, you know, because if I start to question why this is even relevant, yeah, then I'm just maybe I'll probably just end up not even touching it anymore. It's like it's not even industry standard tool, this blender, nobody talks about it, but talks crap about it on forums all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh for me, like I focus on just making the art and the product, yeah, and the product, yeah, like. Like, trying to reach back and remember why I even started this whole thing in the first place, you know? Just like, trying to enjoy what I'm doing as a day job, honestly. Right. And, yeah, that's why we choose the art field, because it's mostly fun.
1: I do find this... I tell myself every couple months, it's, like, when I start to kind of, like... It's funny, right? Because... I have a a few things going and it is my thing finally, but I am in that phase is like, I definitely have a primary, which is running the studio. And then, you know, on the side is the school and the podcast stuff with how that shifted, right? Where the primary used to be working for someone else. And now it's like, (laughs) so you're like, it's kind of like in the same trap. I enjoy everything that I'm doing. And it's definitely much better than before because I have a better control of my future. But, um, It's like, it's shifting, right? It's like, all right, now I got two side things. All right, I got to keep that going. And I find myself in those traps. It's like, sometimes you want to relax. But other times, um, yeah, it's very easy to kind of compare to others. But the main thing is that I lose my... Because you can imagine, I'm doing a lot more management stuff now, so I'm trying to get back to my art roots, which I lose control once in a while. And the only time I kind of connect back to that artist self again is is like, why did I like the game industry, you know? Right. Uh, You know, I started with playing games and so I find myself in those little bubbles when I'm not playing that many games. It's like, all right, I got to start playing games again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And scheduling the fun,
1: yeah, getting yeah, scheduling the fun. It's funny, but yeah, we kind of have to schedule, especially once you pile on the kids for you later, right? Yeah, yeah, you really have to find the time. to are like, I'm dedicating an hour to play games. Uh, I have so many games I got to play, yeah. and that that kind of sparks the oh man, I this is kind of cool what they did. I kind of want to do something like this. And then that's like, it, it's restarting why you got through college. Basically. Mm. It's like, Oh, that's how I do it. At least for me, <laughs> that's the fire. That's I'm rediscovering time and time again. It's like, you got to play that game yeah, to want to make an art work that looks like that game yeah, to motivate you to want to work for or with those companies that make mm. that game. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Very, very weird thing. Uh, You know, obviously there's like badass artists out there that's always making art all the time. But I think on average, most of us are like, we. at least for me, I find myself in this cycle of Ah. slumps. It's like, all right, I got to remember, I got to do this. Right. Because you know the the <laughs> life, motivate. yeah, the life stuff is fun, man. It's like you got into a lot of it. I think it does with age too. It's like you got to this part of your life where you're kind of comfortable. It's like and you kind of push the family off for a long time. Especially for me, like all those years, it's been work, work, work. Yeah, working Saturdays, working three days after work to teach. You know, <laughs> it's like well, more. yeah. I mean, like, what's the point of all that if you're not enjoying life stuff? But,
0: yeah. Bring a um, balance in.
1: Yes. so
0: Makes sense.
1: But doing, doing your own stuff helps, you know, be autonomous. But I am in that phase of my life where like, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff myself. <laughs> but what about the other two things that I want to do? <laughs> so yeah. it's, like, it's like bringing. It's funny. It's like my juggling your own stuff, but uh, still the same yeah, issue. Right. It's like you're trying to find time.
0: Yeah, trans transition into that. Like um, I don't know, like I talk about balance a lot. Um I I have some rules for myself, you know, like very general stuff. Like when I spend time with my with my lady, it's like I, I stay off of everything and just try not to multitask in general. Yeah, you multitask. know what I mean? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I I I feel like that's a trap. Like I know people who kind of brag about being able to multitask for a while, but I think it just causes OCD in my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Multitask is in like, while I'm working on this, I have like something else on the side. I have a TV show on the side or whatever. Uh, This this thing that people can do where they're working and have Netflix playing in the corner. I kind of used to do that, but honestly, it also still kind of gets in the way. Yeah. (laughs) So to properly kind of not do that where you kind of like piling all these things like maybe i don't just kind of like veering off a little bit but maybe not trying to watch a movie at the same time you're working on your art like have a separate time for that in my opinion like you know maybe after you're done working for your your art actually sit down and watch something you like you know kind of slow things down because again i feel like the mental is always the you know the last hurdle in my opinion like you know people start to get into their heads throughout this whole kind of lockdown and getting stuck because it starts to get depressing when you think too much in my opinion Mm -hmm. but yeah um yeah so definitely trying to get back to the whole like why i love this whole this whole thing kind of slowly getting into it i always talked about wanting to pick up contracts work for games and now i'm starting to do it and like what you said just kind of plant the seeds and roll with it right and just see where it goes hopefully it'll develop into you know a really fun career after this which i think it will you know
1: yeah man i'm, I'm super you know? i'm super excited to kind of hear you uh, doing what you want to do uh it's pandemic man it either makes you lazier or more uh efficient <laughs> so i'm glad you're, you're taking the ladder and, yeah. and and looking at ways to make your your life better mm. so uh i think that's the the perfect way to to kind of uh end with that note but i uh this is actually the part of the podcast if you don't mind um to kind of tell the people out there how to find your stuff uh yeah. how to connect with you
0: yeah you can find me on uh on uh art Station, uh Lindel 40k right here you can find me in there and um you can also kind of you can also find me on linkedin Lindel campus so definitely give me a follow and stay up to date i kind of post as regularly as i can you know like i love
1: the diorama man you have like a very uh i feel like you're like making commercials <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a little um inspired by my coworkers. They do a lot of uh really realistic architecture work. So I just decided, you know.
1: Well not just that, the way you, you cut it up, it looks like um like along with your card, like miniatures. It, it has a really cool look to it. Like if it was just oh, if you had made the choice to make that into a full like you know, Arch Archviz boringness, right? But mm-hmm. the way you kind of laid it out like a little kid's toy and yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's very uh it's a very strong composition.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah. It's that extra I, edge. Yeah. Um, that's one other thing too. I think when people make uh 3D art for their portfolio, they tend to just kind of like make the raw model, like uh, for example.
1: The obvious
0: like this one where it's just like he's just posed in there and there's no <laughs> there's no possess, you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. this like yeah. it's cool but uh, yeah. i'll show you I, I i like this one the most out of like my most recent ones because mm-hmm. you know trying to try to make it a whole piece altogether right. take care of the background and actually make it engaging not just like a model to look at because anybody can make a model but it's just For me, it's that little bit of attention to detail that kind of sets your work apart. You don't have to, but...
1: But this alone, what you're showing me, like, from the tank on, basically, there's, like, a huge evolution in terms of your presentation.
0: Oh, yeah. The tank taught me a lot.
1: The tank on, like, you you seem to kind of... um, I'm seeing more of your, your touch. Like, your tank, your computer... Right, and your diorama in the car like those four are like very. It seemed like you had a lot of fun with it, but it, yeah. at the same time, it showed it's showing me more of your personality too, which is awesome. really
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: nice sure, seeing yeah. that stuff. Yeah,
0: find me on LinkedIn, find me on ArtStation, definitely connect with me, you know, ask me questions if you like, you know
1: awesome well yeah that's the show guys welcome to art boost um maybe you'll see a future collab <laughs> between gso yeah. and lindal about how he broke down uh blender's super popular now so i think yes. lindal you have a heads up or at least a head start on um on on showing people what to do with that <laughs> the getting awesome. started yeah. uh on blender but uh, uh thanks for dropping by and uh Thank you, guys. at Blue Champs, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail